Man, listen, at the end of the day, we got to talk about shit. If you don't talk about the shit, you don't deal with the shit. You got to cope. A lot of us cope negatively, some positively. But you got to talk about it. And talking about it sometimes opens up the window to just get through it and realize you're not the only one. Thou must cope. If you had to explain your childhood growing up, how would you explain it? Uh, my childhood growing up was kind of, you know, traumatic. Growing up out of the neighborhood, was it was mostly all you seen was violence or drug use or people selling drugs. And we kind of just witnessed all of that bad stuff. And so... Um... Experiencing that violence, drug use, and um, any other things that you experienced as a child, do you believe that you knew as a child that these things were something you should have been experiencing? Or was it kind of like, you know, everybody experienced this in a neighborhood, like this is normal? Or did you kind of get older and then realize like, yo, some of the shit that I witnessed as a child, I ain't had no business being around or no business doing or witnessing? Um, growing up out. Growing up out that neighborhood, it was the norm for us. Um, it was the norm that you see people fighting. It was the norm that you see you walk in the hallway, you'll see one of the older guys out the neighborhood giving the dope to the the crackhead or whatever. And that's who me and all my friends, that's who we wanted to be like. So we figured that was norm. And as you said again, once we got older and I got older, I figured that that was not norm at all. It was kind of, I would say toxic. It was, it would just, that was, that would be the best word. It was toxic. So then I would want to ask if you had to explain like your parenting that you experienced growing up, and this could be by any of your family members. Cause I do know in the black community, a lot of the times um, other family members might help to be like a parent figure to you. How would you explain that? Okay, growing up out that neighborhood, it was morally all you seen was single parents because my dad was incarcerated for about 16 years and I really didn't have a role model out the neighborhood but the drug dealers and the people that shoot. But it was it was actually crazy. Um my grandmother has a lot of kids actually and you know, that's the majority where we were at my grandmother's house because my mom had to work. It was me, my mom, and my two sisters. So, yeah, that was basically everybody out of that neighborhood was, you see, was single parents. Wow, that's crazy. Like, your dad was incarcerated for a long time. So, like, did you know your dad before he was incarcerated? Or is it kind of like your your knowledge of him is growing up and him not being there? Uh, yeah, I think it was a little both because him and my mom still had a, a cool relationship. So all I remember is probably traveling to Southampton and my mom taking me to go see him and we taking pictures and he, and he writing my mom letters about me and things like that. But as me growing up alone without him, you know, I just mimic the, the people that I seen. So if I see my friends and stuff hanging out in the neighborhood, I'm going to hang out in the neighborhood with them. If I see the drug dealers chilling in the hallway, I want to chill in the hallway with them. Because normally the, the drug dealers always looked out for the younger, for the youth. 
So um, I had I had a different. It was a lot of things, but the only thing that really really saved me was basketball. That was kind of my outlet. So when they're when everybody's going to parties and chilling out in the hood and they're going to fight other people, I was on the basketball court focusing on that. So that really saved me from being like a lot of my friends and my peers. It's like you had like a real positive outlet and I, I guess you were able to channel your energy different. And that's something I was going to ask because I was going to ask like not having um that father figure there or at least your father specifically, I was going to ask if that caused you to kind of, I'm not going to say like look for a father in the people in the neighborhood because it doesn't necessarily mean that you were looking for someone else to be a father to you, but really look up to these people that might not have been the best role models for you to be looking at. But it's like, I mean, my dad ain't here and I see where my dad at. Then this was going on. Like this seemed like the route that I'm supposed to take, you know? Uh, like you said, like basketball was definitely a positive outlet for me, but I was gracious enough to have some powerful men to actually step up and do exactly what my father was supposed to do. Um, due to me, due to, like I said, like the basketball outlet, it gave me certain avenues to meet people that was living the same life that I was trying to live and they already did it. So they kind of prevented me. They took me away from the neighborhood and showed me different. So I think that was the most powerful thing that a man could do. I actually got to be around a real man and see the real man responsibilities, seeing how they take care of home, how they work hard, how to run a business and things like that. So, yeah, I had somebody to actually give me the ropes due to basketball. That's really what's up. I feel like um, in the black community for boys more so than for girls, um, sports is always like a, a good outlet to like help your child or whatever, help someone, in, you know, just, just to push them there. It's, it's very common. Um, but sometimes people do lose focus or don't have that person that's really showing them or like being like on them about it. So it's like, you know, I've seen where people can be putting their all into sports and then throw all of that shit away and really be good at it. But it's just like the other things overpower. Like I actually know someone like that. Um, he was really good at football, but he decided to choose the gangs over that shit. But he also will say now he is, he's actually told me that he felt like joining the gang was the stupidest shit he's ever done. He knows that he's throwing his life away, but because that's what he chose to do, he going to stick with it and he can die about that shit. And he was like, you know, I feel like if I had somebody to really steer me in the right direction, it wouldn't have gone this way, but I never had a father or whatever figure there. All I saw was my mama grinding or whatever, because his father was too incarcerated or whatever. And so he was like, you know, although my mama was really adamant about not wanting me to be around those people or not wanting me to be by my uh, um, like my father or anything, my mama was not enough to keep me out of this shit. I ain't had no man showing me like this what the fuck you supposed to do or whatever. Or like really just kind of showing me the way and making sure that I stayed on it. So I feel like, you know, it's good that you had that because who's to say like where you will be now if you didn't have those men? Yeah, definitely, man. These guys, um, they really changed my life. And I'm just so fortunate and I'm just grateful that it just came in and kind of took me under their wing. And but another thing that I can say, um, like I said, they were definitely positive people, but this time I'm, I'm kind of, you know, spiritual a little bit. 
I mean, a lot. I can't even say a little bit. I'm spiritual a lot. So God granted those people to me, but then he also took them away from me so I can man up a little bit more to the, the two guys that really looked out for me. Um, due to his past, he got incarcerated again. He got incarcerated. And then my other role model ended up passing away. So now I'm alone again, but the values and all the things that they taught me, I just carried along the way. And eventually, you know, I ended up having a child that gave, gave me extra motivation to be that father that they were to me, to my daughter. So that was the most I learned so many lessons due to those powerful people in my life. So I'm glad you brought up um, having your daughter because now we can kind of transition more into what I wanted to really talk about for this episode, but I kind of wanted to start with like a little background. So um, I've seen oftentimes, I ain't even gonna say oftentimes, just pretty much all the time, the way someone is parented can be like a it can reflect as they're older so like if you have a parent that um for instance for guys a lot of the times they grow up in a household where it's like oh boys are tough boys don't cry you know da 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 suck it up man up or whatever then you get older and then it's like you try to get into a relationship and all of this and a girl wanted you to express your feelings and all of this and be emotionally available and it's like bro like what like you know, I was always taught to hold this in. Like, no, I ain't doing that crying stuff. I ain't finna sit here and vent to you all day or whatever. But then it's like, eh, like, it's a, literally the complete opposite from what they're taught. But as an adult, it's like, can you blame them because how they were parented as a child? So, like, not literally only in that aspect, but what type of um, parenting styles did your mother use for you? Whether that be, like, discipline or any type of things, how did she go about like raising you that you feel like might have affected how you are now? Um, I think um the biggest thing, first I'm gonna talk about the biggest the biggest thing that I learned from my mom is to be strong because um it was a lot of circumstances that came in my household. And I'm gonna go ahead and give them to you because I'm I'm very open about what about me. Um I had an older sister and I out my I had a my second sister was disabled. So I really got to see how strong my mom really was because she had to make sure my oldest sister was right. She had to take care of my disabled sister and she still had to keep me out of the streets. And she managed to do all three. So that's the biggest thing that I got from my mom was her strength. But then again, like you said, when it comes to relationships, I've been my my last current relationship. My thing is, it's hard for me to open up because I am in fear that the people that I open up to and love so much, they were taken away from me. Like I told like I said in the previous question that you said, like, you know, the people that I love, like far as the two mentors, the first mentor, you know, passing away in 2013 and then the other one, you know, I'm getting locked up in 2009. So it's like you open up to somebody and then they're taken away. So I, I, I took that with my relationship. So when things got tight and things got hard, my first instance, we, we can cuss up here, too, right? 
Yep, let it go. Let it go. My first instinct was like, man, fuck this, man. I ain't doing this relationship shit. I'm going to do, all right, I'll find somebody else. You know, because normally how I dealt with my problems, I, I ran away from them. I put them so deep inside that when all of my anger comes out, it comes out like, damn, why the hell he was holding that in? And that's what I had to learn down. Like, I can't, op- I have to open up. I have to be the biggest thing that I never seen was vulnerability. Being vulnerable for a person. Like, okay, telling her what hurt you, what make you mad. Why you act this way? What you seen growing up? I never seen, I didn't grow up in a household like everybody else with marriage. And the guy coming home to your parents and stuff like that. I seen stuff when I was growing up that I ain't really supposed to see. A guy hitting my mom and uh, uh, wondering why my mom crying in the bathroom. It's so many things that I seen and it's like and it affected me due to relationships. I don't want to open up. I'm an asshole sometimes. And all I thought was in a relationship you're supposed to provide. That's all I thought. So it, it definitely affected me. My upbringing affect the way I carry relationships. So now I'm kind of, when things are going tough with a relationship, you just try to tell them, man, I didn't see that. I, I didn't I didn't grow up like that. I don't, I don't know how to be a man like that. I don't know how to show vulnerability to a woman. I don't know how to do that. So when I got in a relationship, I didn't know how to do that. And that's what the girl needed from me. And I, I, didn't, I couldn't provide that. So... Hopefully that answered the question because that that definitely I'm trying to work past it now. Just trying to be vulnerable to for people express my feelings for somebody. Just to give my somebody my all. Just to you know. So that's how I feel about that part. And you know that's not easy. Like and you know it's it's so tough because I've been the same way for a different reason though. Um, honestly. I didn't know what my reasoning, what my problem was with vulnerability until I got into therapy. Um, I always, I always just felt like I didn't trust people. Like I just like, I don't trust nobody. Like you, you only trust people a certain extent. Like I might give you my all. I'm not telling you the nitty gritty of shit. Cause I don't really know what you can do with it. If you can use it against me, da, da, da. but I never really understood where it came from. But for me, I was able to realize that like as a child, I did not get the um, I didn't get the opportunity to communicate and express myself as a child as I needed. Like for me, it was always like stay in a child's place. You know, I didn't have like I didn't have the right to feel the type of way about certain things because I'm a child. You, this is adult business. You can't feel no type of way or whatever. And um, even like when it came to me expressing myself, when I expressed myself a lot of times I was shut down. Like I might've told this story before on another one of my podcast episodes, but y'all finna fucking hear it again. Um, I'll never forget when I was in third grade, I had two best friends. One of them names was Brittany. One of them names was Raven. Um, I used to write my R's a certain way and me and Raven stay like basically right beside each other. And Brittany stayed in the same neighborhood, but she was further up. So of course, when I wanted to go outside, my mother was like, oh, you want to go to Raven house? No problem. But Brittany house, she like, I'm about to walk you up there or whatever. Cause it was not no point of getting in a car to drive. Like it was really probably like nine houses down or whatever. And so Brittany started to get jealous. And, um, when we used to come in for school in the morning, we would take our seats down off the, um, off the table or whatever. And underneath Brittany's seat was a letter from me. 
And it was like a hateful ass letter. Like, I don't want you to be my friend. I hope you die, da, da, da. And Brittany took it to the teacher. And I and the teacher came to me like, why would you write something like this? And I'm like, I didn't write that. I just got here. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And they were like, well, Nadia, you write your R's just like this. That's how I know that you did it. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, where did this come from? Brittany wrote the fucking letter to herself, basically. Got me in trouble. I couldn't go to recess or whatever. I had to eat lunch by myself or whatever. And... I believe I told my mom and it was kind of like, well, why you do it? And um, nobody really gave a fuck. Nobody gave a fuck about the fact that I ain't had no recess. None of that shit. Nobody took up for me. Like when I went to talk to the teacher, the teacher like, nah, you did that shit because you write your R's like this. I go to talk to my parents. My parents like, well, even if you didn't do it, oh, well, like just it's just recess. And it's like, bro, no, it's not. Like, I'm a child. Recess is a big fucking deal. Eating lunch and talking to my friends, big fucking deal. And I'll never forget that experience because that experience is what made me be like, I'm never trusting people. Like, this is my own best friend and she would do some shit like this just because she wanted to get closer to Raven. Because after that, Raven was like, I don't know if I want to be friends with somebody that would say they would kill their best friend, da, 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 da. You know, little petty ass little kid shit or whatever. But that experience really changed a lot in my life. And that experience also kind of made me feel like, damn, adults really don't listen to you like it don't matter they're not gonna believe you they're gonna believe the other adult or whatever she the teacher is gonna tell my mom i'm gonna believe the teacher instead of believing me it don't matter what the hell i say nobody cares and i basically ran with that over the years with different instances so when it came time for me to like get in a relationship and even have friends like communication was a hard thing for me and being vulnerable about my feelings because it's like i got to the point where i held those feelings in so much I literally didn't know how to put them into words. And like me and my therapist are working on that because a lot of times I can feel emotions and I don't even know what feeling to match the emotion with. Like, and she like, well, how did that make you feel? I'm like, I don't know, but I don't like it. Was it anger? Was it sadness? Was it disappointment? And I'm like, hmm, she, I don't know. Like it ain't anger. I guess it's disappointment. And it's like, that seems so simple, but it took me going into therapy for me to realize, like, damn, girl, you can't even associate your feeling with an emotion like a word. Like, you that far off that you don't even know what any of this is because you've held all of that in. And I said all this to say, like, it's kind of very similar in your instance because it's like, you know, I want to give my all. But at the same time, I didn't experience these things that you experienced. I don't know how to operate this way. I was taught like as a man, man up and provide. So I'm feeling like I'm doing my all in this relationship because I'm going to provide for you. But you need me in a way that I just can't do it. Like, I don't know how to do that shit because I've never done that shit before. And that shit is hard. And like, especially when you place it with the fear as well, because it's like, you know, like, like you saying, like, it's a fear of kind of losing somebody like, okay, so then. If I do be vulnerable, I do give my all, I do get invested and then you dip out on me or something happened, now I'm left with nothing again. So like, how am I supposed to be comfortable with being vulnerable? Yeah, man, I definitely understand you with that, man. I think that was the biggest thing. That's what a, that's one thing I learned from my last relationship is just um opening up more, letting letting my feelings out instead of holding them in because I've been through I've been through a hell of a lot and I keep like you said, I keep my feelings down. Like um, like I was telling you previous, there's so many things I've been through in my life. I lost so many people. Like I was telling you about my um my disabled sister, you know, she passed away in 2018 and and, and I'm just kinda I'm finally set free from that, you know, and I keep my feelings deep down inside because 
I don't really like exposing them. But like you said, I definitely wanted to get into therapy to to see like exactly how can I change my behavior. So you hit it right on the nose with that um therapy. I do want I do want to start that. You 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 just put that out there for me that I need to reach out and get into that because I feel like I can be set free from that as well as far as in the relationship aspect. Yeah, and you know, I do want to say it's not easy. It ain't easy at all. Like, um, it's a very rewarding experience though once you start to see the growth. Like I can say that um I've because of some upbringing, I'm very hard on myself. I'm very hard on myself. My parents were hard on me, period. Um, I'm military child, one. Two, my family got this whole, like, every family do. Like, if your last name Johnson, we the Johnsons. Johnsons don't this. Johnsons this. Like, bro, I don't give a fuck about my last name, to be real. Like, I'm human. But my family got that whole thing going on, too. So, like, expectations were a little higher, you know, a little hard on me. And it caused me to be extremely hard on myself. And so when I first started therapy, it was hard for me because um, I was opening up, like surprisingly, I'm vulnerable as fuck with my damn therapist. But um, like, I don't know, we just we just hit it off and it was like, I'm finna take my whole life. But I got to the point where I was like, you know, I feel like all I do is come here and vent. Like I'm not making any growth. And she had to like basically let me know, like, bro, you're growing. You're growing, but you just expecting it to be something that it isn't. And I wasn't able to realize that I was growing because therapy for me went from coming in, venting and telling a situation to coming in and hoping she would guide me in a situation and I got myself. So like, say if I was talking about like in the past when I might've put my hands on my significant other because they pissed me off or whatever. And I might be coming to her now and I'm just like, nah, because when they said that, like, you know, I really want to deck them in a shit. Like that shit really pissed me off. And I just felt like I'm choosing violence today or whatever. Like, and I feel like I had every right to, and I'd be like, but you know, I shouldn't do that because domestic violence is not okay. And you know, I need to learn how to communicate with my words. So I'm not going to do it. So instead I asked this, and I wasn't able to realize that my whole behavior had changed because I was just talking about it. And she had to show me, like, that's growth. You came in here and told me how you changed how you did something. But you thinking just because you coming in here and just still talking about the situation that nothing has changed. But you last year would have did that. You last year would have just went ahead and went with how you were feeling. So, like, it's definitely a hard process. Um, But I'm very appreciative because... It literally has taught me that I'm scarred from some things that I didn't even know mattered. Like um, with my therapist, she decided to have me start a trauma timeline. And so the point of a trauma timeline, I basically told her, like, I just wanted to heal. I wanted to be able to move through with everything with love. I wanted to stop, act like I have the most fucking worst trust issues and just be able to just flow out here like the rest of these people that are actually normal and so she was like okay well in order to do that we're gonna need to address certain things that happened in the past and change that behavior because part of you is stuck in where this happened and so I'm like okay so literally she started me from my first memory like she like do you remember everything from ages zero to two I'm like, nope. She like two to four. I'm like, yeah, when I was four, my parents got married. I was really five, but um, 
was I five? Yeah, I was really five. But little stuff like that. And then I was like, and I ain't getting no cake and da da da. And she was like, mm hmm. And I'm over here like, yo, I'm really pressed about this shit that happened so many years ago. And literally, little ass things started to come out. And she like, well, how did it make you feel? Like, what what did you learn from that? And I'm like, nah, that made me feel like because ever since then, and I'm like, I never would have known that I'm stuck on shit that happened when I was fucking seven, bro. Like, I need to leave seven year old me where the hell is that? So it's a very beautiful experience. But it's not easy. So I would never say it's easy, but I definitely recommend it for you. Um, Get into it. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think uh, therapy will break in the wall of me that I haven't unleashed like, certain built-in emotions and, you know, vulnerability. It's a whole lot of stuff, like a traumatizing stuff that uh, I seen growing up and we thought it was... uh the norm but it's really not the norm at all so um yeah man so like i then did want to ask um as a child was there anything um parenting wise that you experienced that you were like yo if i ever have kids i'm not allowing them to do this shit or i'm not doing this to them or any of that like did you ever have anything like that happen if so what happened or what were those things all right so for one i got a funny ass story so i have to explain this story so uh the first lesson that i learned when i was younger is to not damn steal from my mama so of course you know during that time in elementary school you know I know I don't know if they have it in North Carolina, but they have it in Virginia. That uh, the book fair, so I end up going to the book fair and stealing all my mama money. I still I stole the rent money. I stole everything. Um, eventually, uh, they caught me and she whooped my ass. Like she beat me with a uh, the cable wire that goes in the back of the TV. Yeah, she whooped my ass with that. Uh, and then again, it was a lot of oh man. It was a lot of traumatizing nights too because um one day, um, like I was saying out in the neighborhood, it was just a random shootout and uh, the bullet damn near hit it missed my mama probably by by an inch. And then the same thing happened to my grandmother. And mm, I think it was really no traumatizing real moments. Uh not it was really not traumatizing because we thought it was the norm. Uh you know, yeah, I don't think it was no traumatizing moments. Not growing up, no. It was just being without a father, and it it, it felt normal because all my friends didn't have a father either. So it really wasn't no traumatizing moment. It, was, it, it got real for me when it got to, when I got to high school. That's when the traumatizing moments happened as far as uh, a whole bunch of deaths. Um, you coming home from high school, you opening the refrigerator, and there's nothing in there to eat. Not one thing in there. It's probably about some nothing in there. I ain't gonna get into details about what was in there because it, it won't nothing in there to eat, and I have to either go to my grandmother's house or go to the store and stuff like that. So I think that was the most traumatizing thing that I had to experience, not having something to eat or yeah, yeah, not having something. To eat. I think that was the most craziest thing growing up, other than the the violence and the drug dealers and stuff out of the neighborhood. So did like having those times where like you experienced um, not having anything to eat 
or your mother almost being shot in the violence, did that make you be like, okay, my when I have a child, my child cannot experience this thing? Or did you feel like some of that shit built character and you like, fuck it, you know, it is, that's where we from, that's, that's how we get it, that's how we live or whatever. Like, how do you feel like that changed you as a parent today? All right, so uh, yeah, my mama really did a good job of me when she had a job and she was um, able to keep things afloat. But I think the biggest thing that I took from that is I never let my child to uh, experience the things that I experienced in life. Uh, we don't stay out of bad neighborhood. We don't have to worry about anybody shooting or breaking into our house. Um, I'm, at, I'm financially stable to get my daughter anything that she wants or anything that she needs. So I think that was the biggest thing. And uh, just giving, setting my daughter up, daughter life up for the future as far as if something happens to me, that she will receive uh, a certain amount of money so she can choose her own route. See, me, the only route I had was sports because I knew if I couldn't play sports, that's the only way I would get a scholarship. If I didn't have sports, I don't think I would have went to school. So... Um, the biggest thing I took from that is giving my daughter the option. I didn't have an option growing up. Now she will have an option if something, if something was to happen to me, if I was to pass away or get ill and something happens to me um, due to the, you know, the insurance policy that I have that my daughter will have a, you know, a great opportunity to either go to college, pay for for college, or start her own business or do whatever she want to do without having to ask anybody for something because I'm setting her life up for you know, the future. So that was the biggest thing that I, that I took from my childhood, just giving my, my, my child the opportunity to explore the world without, you know, limitations. She can actually be her own ball. She can go to school, do what she want to do. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And my daughter actually watching me walk across the stage. Um, I think that was the one of the, the, the highlights of my life, her actually watching me walk across the stage and understand that her dad is, you know, highly educated and just striving to like, like be better than my dad and breaking, you know, family curses or family. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. Generational curses. Just trying to break that. And just, I know that my daughter is going to exceed me and do bit bigger and better things. So yeah, I think that was the, I think that was the dopest thing that I learned from my childhood looking at my mom. And I commend you for setting um your daughter up for success, like, especially because like you talked about, like the life insurance policy, I believe that black people don't talk about that shit enough. Like it's one of them things where you get a job is like, you want to, you want to get that benefit or whatever and stuff like that. Like, oh, accidental death and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, um, to my knowledge, well, I know for a fact my father doesn't have one or whatever. That's one of his biggest goals to be able to leave us something. So now he'd be saying like he want to do that. Like, um, but being young and investing in that, especially since like to be real, to get a life insurance policy, not trying to say the best one, like the monthly payment is not bad. You know, you can start with something and, you know, that'll help one, your beneficiaries, if that's your child, if that's your your family, whoever this person is or whatever, because they don't have to know because, you know, people do be doing some crazy stuff, be killing people to get the bread or whatever. But it makes sure that they straight as well as shit. If you just happen to fucking die and somebody need to bury you anything like 
those things are very important measures to have. And I feel like the white community be on that shit, but nobody talks to us. Or I mean, for the most part, I feel like don't nobody really be talking to us about that stuff and those types of things that we need to set in place. But I ain't trying to get too much into that part. Um, I did also want to ask, I know you said when you stole from your mom, I can't believe you stole her rent money. Like, God damn now. Like that, ooh, I know that hurt her. When you stole from your mama, like she beat your ass with the TV cord. Do you believe in physical discipline or do you feel like you don't want your child to experience that? All right. So for my child, uh, I would never hit her because my, my baby is like uh, little and pretty. My, my She's my fault. I'm sorry. No disrespect. Baby, you're not pretty. You're beautiful. I'm sorry. But uh, no, I wouldn't put my hands on my daughter because I don't really have to say a lot to her because if I make a, like a facial expression or call her name with like a little oomph in my voice, she'll start crying. So no, I wouldn't, no, I don't, I wouldn't do her like my mama did me. No, I wouldn't, I, I can't beat her. But yeah, as far as you saying, but the stealing from my mama part, it was just like, everybody had that thief side in them growing up. Like I, I used to steal from everybody, my mama, my grandma, my aunt, whoever had it, that's who I went for. But as far as disciplining her, no, I wouldn't put my hands on her. Um, yeah, my mama would tear her up though. My mama would. I don't really think her mom hit her, but no, discipline, no. It's more of uh, redirecting her and letting her know that she was wrong and she got to do better. So that's all with that. And I feel like that balance is very important. Like, and like you're saying, like, if you know you have the type of child where you can just raise your voice or give a certain look and your child will react to that, that's all you have to do. Like, if all I got to do is get that stern voice and you can get right, then I'm going to give you that stern voice. Every child is different. Then it is some kids that that stern voice, they're going to try you. So you got to got down with their ass or whatever. But, you know, the balance is very important, I do believe. I think people don't be thinking about that sometimes. Because sometimes, you know, as a child, even like me being a child, remember even though sometimes I might have known, like, my parents, all they had to say was I disappointed them and I was straightened up or whatever. Like, that shit used to crush me or whatever. But every now and then, I'm going to just go ahead and try you. Like, I done thought about the consequences and I'm going to do it anyways. And at that moment, sometimes, even a child that you might not have to do the most for, you got to tear their ass up because they, they done tried you, bro. And so my last and final question for you would be, did any of what you thought you'd be as a parent change once you became a parent or, you know, the older you got, or are you kind of the parent that you thought you'd be anyways? Oh, uh, I think I'm the parent that I always thought I would be. Um, For one, I'm goofy. So my daughter definitely had, um, she knows that I'm, sometimes I'm never serious with her. Um, yeah, I never thought I would be a parent. I knew I was gonna have a child, but I didn't think I was gonna have a child this kind of early. But um, I always thought I was gonna be a good parent. I just wanted her to give her a better life than I grew up. Um, just wanted to be in her life in every aspect as far as, she ain't graduated, but for one time for like, you know, graduation, she was a cheerleader. I was at every cheerleading competition I could be at. If my schedule allowed me to, um, just seeing my face, she know that I'm always going to be in the crowd looking, um, just being there to support her from, like I said, she was a cheerleader. Um, she had like fundraising events. I'm at every fundraiser event, just knowing that I'm always going to support her in every way as far as me being there 
me waking up in the morning, fast financially. I think I always gonna, I always knew I was gonna be a good father. So that was never in my mind because I seen, like I was saying, like I seen my mentors be great fathers. So being a good father, being a man, that was kind of easy for me because I already seen it. If somebody really showed me exactly how I supposed to act when I have kids and when I have a wife, and you know, always take care of your responsibilities. You know, children are not um, asked to be in this world. So, like I prom, I promised my daughter probably when she was about about six months that I was going to give her the world. And um, I'm definitely, I'm on my way to doing that. So um, I'm proud of the father that I am today. Um, I'm going to continue to be, you know, strive to be better as far as being a good example for her. So, yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm the father that I knew I was going to be. Dang, that's what's up. Like, give her the fucking world. Keep keep going at it. I'm very proud of you and the father that you are as well. And I did just want to close by opening the floor or the virtual room <laughs> up to you. Is there anything you'd like to tell the audience or anything like that? If not, it is definitely okay. You don't have to feel forced to. Oh, yeah, I got something to say, man. Uh, oh, yeah, man, the biggest thing for everybody out there, man, just continue to, you know, to stay positive, um, continue to strive for whatever goal that you guys have. Um, I think the biggest thing that I live by right now is this quote, um, delay doesn't mean denied. So if anybody's striving to be anything, just because it doesn't happen the first time, just keep trying to strive for it and always remain goal oriented. Um, yeah, so if you don't have any goals, please be sure to make some. Um, write them down in your wallet after you accomplish the goal. Uh, exit out. Like I, I told all my little bros this, and they're all doing well. So, yeah, man, and uh, everybody stay prayed up. Everybody be blessed. Peace, power, and love to everybody out there. Listen, listen, listen. Nah, seriously. Thank you for listening to Thou Must Cope. But I'm going to need you to do a little something. Subscribe, follow, whatever the hell. So you will not miss another episode. And then also give me your feedback. You know how you go to the grocery store, you go to get fast food, and they be like, please do the survey. Okay, no, I've become that woman. Rate me. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can rate me at, go ahead, rate the podcast, leave leave a comment, shit, do something. And also, if you go to anchor.fm slash thou must cope, you can also send me a voice memo. Give me some feedback and I promise I'll add it to one of the episodes. Peace.